Many of our problems stem from attitudes like putting ourselves first at all costs. The Dalai Lama. My name is Thandor, and I enjoy walking in the woods. I'm Fezzik, and I love wandering the world. And then if we find orcs, great, we'll get to yeah. Well, I am Corin, a gnome with anger issues who spontaneously bursts into other animal forms uh, when things annoy him. I am the ranger of the northern the northern march. I just wish you're paying a little bit more attention. It's time to go back to Wayslaw with me, Dungeon Master Dave, Seth, Chris, George, and Rachel, as we explore leaders and legacies, a real play. 5e audio podcast leaders and legacies is a passion project for five very dedicated scouters who also need to have other hobbies so sit back relax and enjoy it's time for druids clerics and more um, i'm dave rockwell i'm the dm for uh, our game of leaders and legacies you know, i'll let the cast introduce themselves hi i'm um, rachel i play fezzik and I am a Cub Master and future day camp director. I'm Seth Lowe. I'm an assistant Cub Master for PAC 1683. Good evening, everyone. I'm Chris Cooper. I play Thandor, or as we call him in the game, Tornado, and I am a district commissioner. I'll keep it short in the interest of making sure this stays under one gig of recording time. <laughs> uh, I'm George Koskin, and I'm finishing up a term on the National Committee for Boy Scouts America, and I currently sit in National Cabinet Council as one of the assistant council commissioners, and at least seven other jobs. And once again, I'm your dungeon master, Dave Rockwell. I'm an assistant council commissioner and scoutmaster for Troop 1570. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating. Please join us as we hope to look forward to things that optimistically we could anticipate looking forward to in the near future or the distant future. Walk us through what Stanton's day looked like. It's going to be a little bit after dusk, probably even into the evening by the time you are able to kind of catch up with them before we have you do some survival checks to see how well you are at tracking them. Fairly good at tracking them, but you know, most, most is land around me, but I understand what you're saying. The difficulty is you've been out and about, so you just you didn't go all the way back home to then come straight out. Uh, well, it, it, it was following up on the, on the attacks on the property and the realization that for all we know, this could have been a multiple pronged assault on, on everything we were trying to do and not just my farm, but all the neighboring territory, you know, all the neighboring territories around us. So I, I ventured off. I normally would have actually ridden one of our larger rams, uh, but knowing that other people, you know, needed transportation, I left, the, I left the burrows, I left some horses. I hopped on uh, a large pony and started heading off to the edge of, edge of our lands. So I could then see from the edge of the valley and then check on my neighbor's land where it butts up against the far northern forest to see what was going on if things were affected anywhere. And it was just a long distance ride. I was very fortunate that I didn't run into anything else. Yeah, roll an investigation check for me though. See if you did see anything else while you were out there. Well, I could see lots of things, but in terms of what I was looking for, investigation. 
always pick the ones I'm not good at, Dave. Oh, no, no, I'm good enough for this one, an 18, there we go. 18, yeah, so with an 18, one of the things you notice is your fence, a little bit outside, plants and, you know, foliage seem to be a little bit further along in the decay cycle than you would expect them to be for this time of year. Uh, beyond my territory. Beyond your territory, yep. You being a little bit of a ranger probably have put on, you know, some wards and had certain people come by to make sure your land is prosperous. Being kind of a settler, <laughs> shall we say, in these parts that, you know, you would have had, you know, had a little magical help from, uh, you know, probably associates of yours from your adventuring days previous. Uh, so that your property is warded against, um, you know, uh, outside forces that, you know, are, are okay. unfriendly. Interesting. I was, I was going to spin the other direction and make and consider that maybe that there is other danger beyond the edge of my the edge of our land and more than anything else. Then we need to we need to press on and make sure that we hold it back as best we can, rather than re you know rather than react. We have to be proactive. Yeah. I, well, I don't think those two ideas. Are no, I, it's, it's, I think. It's how you just interpret the facts and. Uh, Stanton now, of course, realizing that Anton is no longer somebody who could be easily restrained, <laughs> and as well as the rest of the family growing up and taking care of themselves, that maybe this is the time we have to, you know, look at the bigger picture. So as I continue to ride the edge of the property, uh, otherwise seeing no other signs of attack, I, you know, turn back and head towards the middle of middle property where uh, we have other places where the sheep the, the sheep are grazed, uh, where we'd have places where they could be watered, where we can make sure feed is dropped. Uh, yeah, if you have any experience at all, what, what, what it's like running uh, a sheep ranch or any kind of ranch, you know, they're, you know, they're not one area where everything gathers. There are several areas. So in some cases, you make sure that you are checking out all the areas possible, making sure that if disease or illness or in the case of, you know, wild monsters who decide to eat your sheep and your staff are, uh, you know, aren't to be found. And assuming that at this point, I've not seen or heard anything else like this. But another quick... Nope, I, mean, I rolled a 20 in this case. So I think all in all, we've been very, very fortunate that it was just that one concentrated attack on, that, on those one group of sheep and individuals. So it could have, it could have been worse, but it could, but thank goodness it was only in one place. The uh, branch hand who's out there in charge, at least of the last place you visited, is a uh, halfling named Willard. And he filled you in that one of your sons had come out and told you that the folks that had been staying over had had it out, gave you a general sense of the direction. It reassured you that Anton is safely at home. <laughs> Apparently he slept through the exodus of uh, the group, but you know, he's now assured you and uh, your wife that uh, he is going to be a druid when he grows up. Um, that's the fifth different job this week, and it's only Tuesday. There we go. That's right. Uh, while Willard is there, I go ahead and pick up supplies from him. Um, I'm going to pick up a large Dutch oven and some cobbler fixings. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, yeah, he also brings you a uh, healthy portion of uh, cinnamon mini buns. Of course, you know, but, uh, you know, but a, a, good a good leader always makes sure that, you know, he's you know, he's not just he's not just visiting when things are bad. He's visiting when things are good. He's always bringing gifts with him. So in this case, I'm, you know, like a good commissioner, I'm bringing a cobbler. And so I load up cobbler fixings 
and I head off in the direction of Will's indicated the party is leading. And okay, yeah. So roll roll a uh, survival check. See how well you do picking up that trail. Twenty one. Pretty solid. So yeah, you're with Willard's help. You uh, triangulate on where you think you need to go. You eventually come across what clearly looks like they stopped to have a little lunch. I think you're a few hours behind them and. Uh, that uh, if you stay on this trail, it's pretty obvious where you need to go. A couple hours have gone by. You haven't you know, had any encounters inside your property line, so you're familiar with the territory. Um, All right. Well, a couple hours later, I rolled a 22, so life is still good. I still know what I'm doing. Yep. So, yeah, right now, the only challenge to your survival check is the fact that it's getting dark. But, you know, with that kind of roll, you know, you think you'll be on them and probably, you know, they'll have, you know, stop for the night. <laughs> You should catch up with them in an hour or so. Uh, I'm curious, you know, looking around the area, anything else? What does the, the sky look like? If memory serves me right, uh, when we had to go deal with the uh, the monster and everything else, I believe it was a full moon, am I right? You're, yeah, I believe you're correct, yeah. So it's it's a fairly full moon, not 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 fully full anymore, but... Uh, okay. Um, yeah, one of the things is, yeah, it's a clear night. You can see lots of stars, yeah, lots of the constellations that are familiar to you. And in fact, out of curiosity, you look up and you see what, what's your favorite constellation that you're seeing, you know, right now. It's early evening. So, yeah, you know, which one's out? You're going to make me try to remember all this stuff, aren't you? Uh... No, no, you don't have to even make one up. <laughs> Okay. Well, they, I would, I would look up and basically, you know, in, in terms of the night sky, I would see. I would look up and be able to see the, uh, the seven swordsmen coming from, the, southern frontier, uh, or would then be the horizon in front of me rising up to the sky to come over us. And the stories I was raised with is basically that swarm of clouds, while it may look like an arm of a galaxy when in fact is the, is the thundering cloud of the seven swordsmen coming to protect and save civilization, helping it sleep and guaranteeing peace and safety as it crests over behind us with the dawn following it. Okay, so yeah, so that's you know, to your south. Um, so you're, yeah, you're watching that. Yeah, basically I'm right, I'm riding towards it. It is headed towards me, which is generally regarded as a yep. good sign. So yeah, one of the things that you, you notice is that, you know, the hills have kind of gotten quiet so you're not hearing a lot of the birds and other things that you would expect, um, which might be a sign that just your party's nearby. Well, this parts are, are a little bit strange, so yeah, that might be it. Uh, but if you want, you can roll a perception to see if you uh, think any, there's anything more to it. Well, now you're making me think there is something more to it, so I'll think. Yeah, chances are it might be or there might not be. Oh, the 27, it's definitely something. Yeah, with the 27, one of the things that you, you kind of notice is that kind of out of the corner of your eye, you catch what you think is a shooting star at first, but then you see it doesn't quite fade out. And in fact, it intersects maybe a mile or two ahead of you know, where you are and comes down a little bit further away in, in the hills, you know, probably right about where you think you know, the rest of the party is. I uh, give I, I give the horse just a little nudge in the ribs and we pick up pace just a little bit to see if we can move, move along closer. Okay, yeah. But it, by any chance, do you know the name of your horse? Clyde. 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 All right. Clyde from the Dale. <laughs> Clyde Dale. <laughs> You're talking to a man who named his, named his character Harry Callahan after three different Harry Callahan's. Come on, you know. 
All right. Well, yeah, this time, yeah, you at least got a character named by me, Stanton, Stanton Haberfield. <laughs> so, um, so, all right, we're going to flip over to the camp. Thandor has actually kind of gone off to do a little bit of investigation and also probably his nightly prayers as well. So, Fezzik, that leaves you, Corin, and the giant. He's calmed down quite a bit. He's rolled over on his side and is taking a nap because emotionally he was drained. So, uh, I guess between the two of you, what would you, uh, what are you two doing right now as the night settles in? I'm going to stoke the fire and just keep it going, stay warm. I don't really want to cuddle up to that giant for warmth. <laughs> he might roll on me. <laughs> Pro- probably wise. <laughs> so, all right, that's Fezzik Corrin. How about you? What are you up to? I believe Corrin is going to do his typical, like, um, campsite prep. He's going to use mold earth to start shifting mounds of dirt. It's going to take like four or five castings at least, but uh, move sections of dirt so that there is a small, like, cave type setup of enough dirt that with the dirt mound built up over us so that way we can be tucked in under an overhang uh, of this dirt and still see the giant. Um, and then I think Corin is going to figure out, are, are, are we cooking dinner, or are we just eating, like, meal rations, or what do we, I, I don't know what to do. If I cook something, will it wake him up? Yeah, um, roll, yeah, roll, I guess, perception on that to see if you think it'll, it'll wake him up. 17? Yeah, with well, a 17, you think that it might make him hungry, but that would be, you know, anybody's reaction to smelling good cooking, so... <laughs> In other words, we should let Thandor cook. Oh! <laughs> oh! Uh, oh. Uh, you know, you know, I'm not all that hungry after all. I think I'm good. Um, I'm just gonna, you know, go to the back of the little hole that I made. Um, uh, He's going to shift into a badger like mid-sentence and start kind of digging the burrow deeper uh, so that he can face out of the hole that he made but not actually be seen. I look over at him. What are you doing? Why are you going in a hole? You're so weird. Come here. <laughs> Little claw sticking out. <laughs> Corrin, and, as a badger, I just kind of sit on the hind legs, flip the claws and the paws up, and uh, hurry back into my hole and just kind of snout out, looking at the giant, making sure it's not coming over to eat me. <laughs> Your badger holds his hands up and... <laughs> you made yourself smaller, it might eat you. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty solidly asleep. Yeah, so Fezzik leaves you tending the fire by yourself. You've got uh, yeah, this burrowing badger and uh, a sleeping giant. Um, yeah, what would you like to do now? I'm going to reach into my bag for some dried food stuff to eat. Because I'm hungry too. But it's, I've got simple yeah, things. Yeah. Now you were given some supplies by the, the hopper field so that there's... Yeah, there, there, there's, yeah, there's probably some good food. <laughs> yeah, we fed all of our cinnamon to the giant. <laughs> Yeah, Horan's a little disappointed and upset by that. <laughs> yeah, that is true, yes, but you... <laughs> oh, we loaded you up. Sorry. <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> I guess, we, yeah, well, so while you're just watching the fire and nibbling on this stuff, you know, an hour or two goes by, uh, roll perception. 
So I have not let uh, either, I, my vision is scattering back and forth between Fezzik and the giant. Like every time Fezzik moves, I stare at the giant to see if the giant's waking up. It is still sound, soundly asleep. You know, occasionally it rolls and grumbles. Not natural 20. I'm seeing a lot tonight. At the same time, and you have no way of knowing that Stanton's seeing this from a distance, you catch what looks like a shooting star at first, and it disappears probably behind a hill. And just before, you know, you would think that you wouldn't see it anymore. You see it kind of glow a little bit, and it's probably, you know, 500 yards away, you know, over a hill nearby. Um, you know, you, see, you saw it disappear and then you know, give off this glow. You, know, you would have missed it had you not been looking at the right spot at the right time. Oh, that was weird. I've never seen a shooting star do that. Shooting star do what? Hmm. Uh, as she's saying it, Corin kind of comes out of the hole. You know, as, as Corin or as the still of the badger? Uh, good point. No, uh, as the badger. Are you talking to him for a badger? <laughs> he would be stuck if he was Corin. It would be hilarious. I'd have to laugh at you. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> Corin, did you see that? Did you see that star glow? Nope. No. He just kind of shakes his head. <laughs> Are you okay if you stay here and I go look? Maybe it landed. We could have a star. What that? That was so cool. Haven't had one of those yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> Alright, go back in your hole. Go back in your hole. You'll be fine. You have a giant You'll protective. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh. It's not that far. <laughs> He's our friend now. At, that, at this point in time, Corrin will come out and undo his wild shape. Like, okay, so you're, you're going to go check it out? Yeah. Okay. Why don't I come with you? I mean, it's always better to travel in sure. pairs. We should never be like going anywhere alone, especially in unknown territory. So what? what yeah. or so. Yep, yep, yep. Um, uh, totally. Um, where did I put my backpack? Um, okay, yeah. Grab, my, grab my bag. I'm for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just grabbed my bat, my pack, and I'm just, like all packed up, ready to go, and hike after, or after Fezzik. All right, I grab up my bag. Yeah, you start hiking towards it. And after a minute or two, you've probably covered about half the distance. You're starting to climb up the hill. Um, you do notice that, you know, the giant seems to have joined you and is following you. Tiptoeing and looking, trying to look ahead. And, you know, he can't see over the hill either. <laughs> Not that he could tell you anything, but, you know, you can see he's kind of curious as to what you're doing and is following you all. So uh, I guess, are you guys going to approach stealthily? Yeah, with a giant. We're going to do our best. Pretty sure stealth is out of the question right now, but there are forms of stealth, all right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, it might be worth a try. I'm a, I'm an unnatural twenty. I'm okay. stealthy yeah, today. That's pretty solid. So yeah, any noise the giant's making is probably being you know is covering you know, all of your tracks. You know what? Why don't I do this? Um, I will go ahead and cast path without or pass without trace. Uh, and I will make sure that I encompass the giant in that process. Very well. Yes. And then just kind of look at the giant, get its attention, go. See it put its finger up to its mouth. It doesn't blow, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can cut it. 
Well, Quirin doesn't actually see it, but... Um, <laughs> well, but it, yeah, I guess, yes, Fezzik sees this. Yeah. <laughs> My apologies, Quirin. Uh, it's all good. Um, so, uh, with a plus 10, uh, that is a, a 11 for me. Or sorry, a um, 21. All right, so he says plus 10. Yep. All right, so even the giant got a, a 19. <laughs> so 29 for the giant. So we're a pretty stealthy group with a 25-foot humanoid walking next to us. Um, yeah, oh, no, yeah, that, that was with the plus 9, so it's only 19, but oh. still it's bad for a giant. She did degrees of stealth, you know? You're yeah. a big person. Fezzik, I assume you're going to kind of take the lead in going in. So, you know, we're going up the hill. We can't really see anything yet, and it's dark anyways. Um, so I'm just going to make my way up, and as we breach the top of the hill, I'll kind of be like, hey, stop, and I'll put a hand on Corin so he can't see me go, hey, stop, <laughs> um, to stop him and see if I can see anything. You know, I don't know. There might be a lot of brush or something. I don't know. Maybe there's a glow. Yeah, the giant sees you stop, and he presses his finger to his lips again. That's right. <laughs> so I, I creep up over the, the top of the hill and just take a look, see what I can see. What you see down in the little bowl of you know, the you know, the hill between you know, it and the next hill, what looks to be like a cleric kind of uh, wearing their armor vest, dusting himself off and orienting himself and does appear to be talking. I guess roll, um, you know, what is that, perception? I guess to see if you can overhear what he's saying. A nine. So a nine, yeah, you can't make out what he's saying, but it, it does seem to be that he's giving commands to someone or some things. Um, do I feel like, am I getting like bad vibes from him? Um, yeah, I guess insight, give me an insight roll. <laughs> 16. 16, yeah, you're not getting great vibes. You know, usually things, you know, don't fall out of the sky and start ordering things around. Um, <laughs> so you're at least suspicious. Can I see what it is that I feel like he's ordering around or he's trying to do? There's, you know, shrubbery and uh, kind of other scrub brush around, so it's kind of obscured by that, but you do sense that there's other things moving in that area. That's freaky. It's like a horror play. <laughs> Um, at this point, you're probably less than 100 yards, but, you know, it's still a good distance away. It's the top of this hill. All right, so I want to try and get within about 60 feet. Do you have another shape? I don't know if you can. Oh, yeah, no, I've got, I've got another shape, um, but I actually want the tremor sense for this. I am going to try and, like, uh, crawl my way up through the scrub and the tall grass. Um, and see if I can, I just want to get close enough that I can get an accurate feel. So if we're about 100 yards out, that's, I, I got to get about another 30 yards closer. Okay, yeah, so yeah, I guess roll a stealth uh, roll for the crawling. <laughs> 18. 18's not bad, yeah, I'll allow. Yeah, that, yeah, you, you know, it, it's dark, there's not a lot of light. And Pass Without Trace saves me again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you you get up. You can you know definitely sense the the, the humanoid that uh, seems to be giving you know commands. And give me a roll of a one d twelve. Six. Six. So yeah, there's six other creatures that you can sense. Um, that may not be everything, but you at least are sensing six more beings or creatures or whatever it is that he's commanding. So you know you know he's not alone. All right. Um, 
I am going to scurry back to the group. Okay. Yep. So yeah, give me another stealth roll as you scurry. <laughs> okay. Yep. So yeah, you're able to make it back. Uh, 18 again. I can feel at least six more creatures around him moving around. Um, I can't tell what they are yet, but I can feel them boop. Do they feel big or small? Can you tell that? They, yeah, well, yeah, they were humanoid sized. You know, based on, you know, the movement you heard, they were giving off about footsteps equivalent to something humanoid. So, me, you know, probably medium to, to, to smallish. Okay. So, our size, a little bit bigger, maybe. Uh, not 100% certain, but somewhere between us and a human. Well, I don't know if I. We're outnumbered. We can't get down there. That wouldn't be safe, especially if they're not capable. Maybe we can just kind of hang out here and watch for the evening. There's so much to probably go back and wait for um, Sandor. We're outnumbered? We have him. <laughs> Corn points at the giant. <laughs> um, but I don't. No, go ahead. I, I just don't know if I want to ask him to fight. We don't even know how to talk to him. So, yeah, think about that for a second. Yeah, Stanton, you, you know, you've had a little time to get a little closer. Roll perception. See if you hear, you know, movement. And I guess roll at disadvantage because they're, they've got, you know, fast enough trace going. But you're a ranger, so I'll give you a little latitude. Possible chance you hear him. Just a bit hard. Sheesh. Well, one's an eight, one's a seven. So basically it tells me that's either a 15 or a 16 on perception. So with those rolls, the things I would say is like, you know, that you know, wherever that thing is that you saw kind of land or come down to earth a little bit off to your right, probably equidistant off to your left is you, you can see the glow of, you know, what looks like a dying campfire. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to head to the campfire first simply because I want to check on the rest of the group. Then depending on who's there, we can go all investigate what's going on with the shooting star and where it landed. And so I'm, I'm starting to campfire. So I just realized something, uh, Rachel, we have, a, if he actually tracks us away from the campfire, he's going to find our tracks being pursued by a giant. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't think about that when yeah, since it's after dark, George, let's let's uh, give give us a uh, another uh, the survival check to see if you've noticed the giant's tracks. Well, all right, I all right, I arrive arrive by the campfire. I see the I see the embers of the campfire. I see what appears to be some kind of earthen construction. You know, it's like like somebody's built a berm to sleep in for the night and so forth. Yep, yep. You know, and what am I rolling? Um, roll survival to see if you see these uh, giant tracks. But, yeah, I believe they camped in the same gully that the. Uh, mm -hmm giant was already yep. in well i i see i get an 11 you know and it's those kind of thing in one sense i can't really tell a lot of foot traffic you know you can tell that there's maybe more people than you were expecting <laughs> well then we'll just have to stretch the cobbler and the, and the cinnamon bun so i get off the horse i you know as silly as it sounds i just take a quick look around and see anything i'm not basically gonna put the cobbler fixings in the dutch oven i'm gonna put it on the edge of the fire and I'm going to saddle back up and I'm going to take my horse and slowly walk over towards the shooting star. Okay. Yeah. So are you going to try to go stealthily or? Oh, stealth is my middle name. Or actually, I think I think it actually is my middle name. I'll check. But that being said, I, well, uh, I'm a, 
I'm stealthy, my horse isn't, so that comes to a 14. I gotta talk to Clyde about I gotta talk to Clyde about this afterwards. You probably think it's advisable that if you're gonna take the horse with you, that uh, you know, as you approach closer to where you think this thing landed, you might want to dismount and either leave the horse or guide it. Alright, well I'm gonna I'll hop off the horse, I'll try and be a little more stealthier this time. And with the 21 I am yes, yeah, see, it's Clyde. It's all Clyde. I show the Clyde with Ant for all I know. Yeah, you're almost upon them when you come crawling up the hill. Roll a perception check to see if you notice him first or he notices you. Okay, well, I'm rolling perception. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> well, actually, if he's within 30 feet of me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you would notice him first. So, yeah, yeah, I would feel the body coming at me. So, yeah, you, you do sense uh, some someone, you know, does your sense allow you to kind of be able to differentiate people? Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be able, at this point in time, I don't think I'm familiar enough with him to be able to tell that it, it is Stanton, but I would know that a humanoid is approaching us from that direction. Okay, so yeah, you, you so yeah, you, you, you get that sense that, you know, there's somebody else coming up behind you. Uh, just grab Fezzik on the arm and point behind us. All right, Fezzik, if you want more perception. Okay. Yeah. 21. So yeah, you, you you make out what looks to be a, a familiarish um, silhouette <laughs> climbing. You know it's not Thandor, but it's it's probably the you know, the halfling dad uh, from uh, you know your previous night's stay, um, joining you all. <laughs> so I whisper to Corin, maybe we'll get some more cinnamon buns. <laughs> Corin is very silently cheering, like raising his hands. <laughs> I'm trying to stand up. The giant kind of looks back at you both and (laughs) puts his finger to his lip. Now he doesn't blow, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, you you can kind of make out, you know, a couple figures moving. That there's kind of off to their left is this bigger (laughs) figure, and you you see what looks like a giant hand go up to it, you know, giant lips and. You know, in the moonlight. So there's enough moonlight that you can kind of make out this face. They don't seem bothered by it. Do do I see the do, do I see them all doing this or? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So put your put your finger up and <laughs> proceed up. So you get up to them. Uh, what would you guys like to do? So as he's coming up, like Stanton or Anton? Anton's back. Anton's back home with his mom. He's doing your he's doing your homework assignment. Thank God. <laughs> oh really? Okay. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, by the way, Stan, meet Phil. Phil, Stan. Phil, don't eat Stan. Yeah, so the giant puts his fingers up to his lips. And, yeah. Okay. Um, I was going to tell you, I put cobbler on the fire and brought some cinnamon buns, but it looks like we have a situation here. Yeah, so I turned to Stan and saw him in um, and let him know, you know, I saw a shooting star. It landed over there, and I thought we were going to go collect the star. And it turned out to be a person. So maybe stars are people in the sky. I don't know, but he doesn't seem very friendly. But if they don't feel like he's friendly. I saw the shooting star too, but I figured I'd go go to camp first and see who was there. And clearly, we're all here. Uh, but we have no idea who he is. All right. Now, basically, you described the party to them before. Let me see if I buy get any sense by looking at if I can tell anything. And no, I really can't tell anything either with an age, so I got I got I gotta trust them. Yeah, no, you yeah, you do get the sense that correct there's a group yeah, there's a group over the hill, but it's you know, in this indeterminate uh, how big the group is. So what are you doing? Are you 
are you watching them or are you about to pull back? Well, I feel like we don't we don't know what he's capable of. I mean, dude, the guy just fell from the sky, right? Like, I don't think I'm ready to go fight that. So we're thinking we just might hang out here for a while and watch. But there's like six other beings. I don't want to say people, but beings down there. He's commanding them around. I think we're better as a group back in that berm by the campfire. But then we won't know what's going on. So if we go back there, we can't see and maybe they'll sneak up on us. I look up at the giants and say, I don't think a lot is going to be sneaking up on him tonight. Unless they got magic. Uh, I think we I, I think we need food and we need the high ground, which right now would be by our campfire. And you were making fun of me for making it. Yeah, but our campfire is in the dollars. We'd have to move anyway. Do we have the orc's tracks? Well, we know where the orc was going. Yeah, but I didn't know if we had crossed his tracks yet or whether we were still on approach mm-hmm. to him. We're still trying to approach him. Right, we we're hoping to intercept him. Yeah, yeah, you were yeah, hoping to pick up his trail once you got into the mountain because he had kind of given you a vague sense of where he was heading. If I give you a slightly more stealthy mount, Stanton, do you think you could run around the hill with me real quick and see if we can find if the orc's tracks are anywhere nearby and these things might be, like, you know, tracking the same orc we're tracking? Sure, let's do that. Okay, so, Fezzik, why don't you and Philip head back to camp? Um, I look at the giant. Do you (laughs) mind if I call you Philip? He puts his fingers up to his lip, gives you the shush signal. But neither positive nor negative. (laughs) So I just kind of put my hand on him, like tap near my eyes, and then point at Fezzik. Okay. Um, I I don't know if he understands me. Watch her. Um, Him, sorry. And then I will use my last wild shape to shift into a panther and just kind of crouch low enough so that Stanton can climb on. Animal animal handling seven. I mean, you want me to actually roll for it, I will. No, no, he's a willing creature, so he's... All right. I'm pretty good at keeping riders on at this point. I do this game fairly often. Panther's stealth score is... Are you going to make me roll stealth for panther? Um, Yeah, but at advantage, panther's probably pretty stealthy. I can assist, because I'm also very stealthy. And technically, I'm holding the concentration on Pass Without Trace as well. Yes, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Do it, yeah, not only with advantage, but the plus 10. I'm just going to use Tiger, because I don't see Panther on my list, but... Okay, yeah, it should be It there. should be. I thought I had. Uh, so... So, 18... 24 total. Okay, yeah, you're you're able to move pretty stealthily. So we're, you're going to kind of cut around the yeah, hill. Yeah, I want to I want to do a kind of a brisk jog around the hill, but slow enough that Stanton has the chance to do a survival check to see if he can find the tracks of the orc we're tra- we're tracking. Okay. So survival or perception? Okay. What do you want me to use? Um, use survival. Of course, you want me to use survival. All right. So, George, how'd you roll? Not much better. Uh, 13. 13? Okay. 
you can assist. Yeah, you, you know, the Panther's probably got pretty sharp night vision. Can I assist with that? Or am I too busy just trying to sneak us around? Uh, so that's an 18 for me. Okay, yeah, with your 18, yeah, you're both pretty sure you don't see uh, anything that look like orc, orc tracks at all. And in fact, with your 18, though, you do you know, see you know, tracks that looks like some sort of creature, maybe humanoid sized, has passed this way recently. And that, uh, yeah, they were not necessarily shambling, but walked with a shuffling gait. So let's assume for argument's sake, then we're, we're paranoid senses that the cleric was a necromancer or a de- or one of the death, death cult clerics and he is zombifying or organizing a zombie army. I'm did that gate match the feeling of the humanoids that I was sensing in the grove with the human, with Cleric? Yeah, I'd say that that, that would be a, a good guess based on your 18. Okay, so they've gotten that trail. Fezzik, what did you do? You know, um... So I, I still wasn't quite comfortable going back to camp yet. Um, I have primeval Ooh. awareness, and I want to cast the spell slot to see if I can determine what they are. I could do that too. Shoot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. It's been so long since I played a ranger. Come on. Yeah. So it doesn't look like there's any specific role. It just is. Um, with it actually six miles because it's my favorite terrain. Yeah, and you know, between the two of you, you both are getting the sense that yeah, there's a lot of undead creatures around. Oh, I was totally not expecting undead. <laughs> started playing D&D when I was in middle school uh, and eventually I moved into when as I moved in and got more involved in scouting and went on some of the high adventure trips uh, we found walking and hiking through like the Philmont uh, scout camp uh, that something that we enjoyed doing was the storytelling side of it so we would actually create uh, D&D stories along the way. And that's actually one of the biggest things that I love about D&D is just the world building and the storytelling and the histories that you can create about all the individual people. So for me, it was a, a natural to be able to convert it to just a storytelling, kind of choose your own adventure style uh, D&D game. But in that case, we didn't have dice because we really couldn't roll dice while we were hiking with, with packs on. Uh, but I, I did a lot of that growing up uh, with my troop, and we did it canoeing through Canada, hiking through Philmont, uh, and then my high school friends and I continued on outside of scouting and uh, kind of on our own. Uh, I took a kind of a 20-year break, and then I got back into it again, and when I stumbled across the scouters in the area that loved playing, I, I kind of dove head first, and now I'm 
all sorts of tangled into all different troops and packs trying to play different games with different leaders. Leaders and Legacies is a 5e podcast that is unaffiliated with the Boy Scouts of America or Wizards of the Coast. The opinions expressed here are solely our own. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here at Leaders and Legacies, please consider becoming a patron by joining us at patreon.com slash leadersandlegacies. You can also follow us on Twitter at Leaders and Legacy or join our blog at leadersandlegacies.com. Music and sound effects are licensed from soundstripe.com. Logo art by Katherine Evans. Images also may have been licensed from shutterstock.com. And never forget to remember Stanton or Anton. Anton's back Batman's back home with his mom. He's doing your he's doing your homework assignment. Thank God. <laughs>